Hello, albino businessmen. You're listening to the Dare Daniel Podcast, where you send us your most sinister movie dares, and we suffer the consequences for your amusement. I'm Corky McDonald, and nobody likes me. And with me, as always, is Daniel Barnes, a film critic for the Sacramento News Review and a member of the San Francisco Film Critics Circle. Hi, everyone. As Corky said, on this show, we do your dirty work by watching the most unwatchable movies you can imagine. Then we review them in excruciating detail and rate them on our unique system. We give a run-of-the-mill bad film a dare. The double dare is for the truly atrocious movies, and we reserve the reverse dare for a despised movie that we think is actually pretty good. Today on the podcast, we'll be reviewing the 2016 straight-to-VOD sci-fi thriller, Exposed, starring Keanu Reeves and Ana de Armas. But before we get started, my man Dan, he also writes a craft beer column for the Sacramento Bee, so he's going to tell us all about the beer that he brought for us. The beer I brought for us today is called Brokini. It is a collaboration beer between four different breweries from North County in San Diego. It is a hazy IPA with toasted coconut and vanilla. It's made by Latitude 33, Pizza Port, Burgeon Beer, and Culver Beer. It's, uh, like I said, a hazy beer, so it goes down pretty easy. It has a nice soft bitterness, and then you get the sweetness. This is sort of a milkshake IPA. This doesn't have lactose in it like a lot of these milkshake IPAs do, but I think this is sort of keeping in that of a beer that mixes the kind of soft bitterness of a hazy with the uh, fruit flavors of coconut and vanilla. You fucking killed me with these hazies, dude. That's all I drink now. <laughs> it's so good. This is amazing. It's Sunday morning. I'm drinking a beer, and it does not feel out of place. No, it feels just right. Yeah. We're, we're right, on the, right on the beach in, in San Diego. All right. This week's dare came to us from friend of the show, David Paul. David Paul. His dare reads, I watched 10 minutes of this Keanu Reeves supernatural detective movie, question mark parentheses, mostly to figure out if Keanu is wearing a prosthetic face. I couldn't take the stench of this film long enough to figure it out. Clearly a job for Team Dare Daniel. Yeah, and to read the IMDb synopsis for the film we're reviewing, Exposed, uh, it says, A police detective investigates the truth behind his partner's death. The mysterious case reveals disturbing police corruption and a dangerous secret involving an unlikely young woman. So this film was actually originally titled Daughter of God. The film was heavily re-edited in post-production by Lionsgate to focus more on the Keanu Reeves character, who was originally kind of more of a supporting role. And who was apparently originally supposed to be played by Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh. Yeah. He passed away, of course. And as you do, when you can't get Hoffman, you go right to Keanu Reeves, right? Same wheelhouse. Yeah. Same set of tools in the toolbox. It's the only reason Keanu Reeves stars in The Matrix. (laughs) Hoffman backed out at the last second. Boom. Star making role. Now I want to see uh, Keanu Reeves as Scotty J. (laughs) First time director G. Malik Linton sued to have his name removed. And replaced it with the name Declan Dale, uh, which, of course, is an anagram for acne lead lad. (laughs) (laughs) Like that, Lionsgate. Weirdly enough, Linton is still credited as producer and writer on the film. I think he was just like, not happy with the directing work. Remove my name, but I'm happy with my work hemming myself in creatively (laughs) as a producer. The film has a 9 on Rotten Tomatoes, 23 on Metacritic. It was not released in American theaters, so there's no box office stats. But it did come out in early 2016 in a handful of foreign countries, and about half of the roughly $250,000 box office take came from the United Arab Emirates. Corky. Yeah. Apparently, there are about 20 minutes of exposition and character development cut from this film, which accounts for its largely nonsensical nature. But is there enough in the raw materials of Exposed to make you long 
for a complete Daughter of God director's cut? Or did Lionsgate do us a favor by shortening an already excruciating experience? I don't know that they did us any favors by doing anything with this movie. No, by ever allowing it to be released. Yeah. Yeah. But no, there's nothing that I think those additional 20 minutes would do to improve this film. Yeah. From what is on screen in this film, there's no way you can improve it. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, I, I mean, I will say that most of my favorite movies have some sort of ambiguity to them. Okay. I like not always knowing what's happening. I uh, like being forced to work a little agreed. bit. That's fine. And there are elements in Exposed where you're supposed to be like, what's happening? Yeah. That's a strange thing. And then there's big twists at the end that explain it all. But this movie also doesn't make sense within its own world. Nothing makes sense. No. Character walks from point A to point B is complete nonsensical gibberish. Yeah. Nothing in this movie makes sense. It is complete garbage. There were two things I was thinking. I was like, okay, I want to see what this IMDb synopsis says because nothing is going to actually (laughs) describe what happened in that movie. Please explain. And then we're going to go through this movie in linear fashion, but that's not going to help anybody. No, absolutely not. I mean, I I think I can get the broad strokes of what's going on, but again, the kind of moment-to-momentness of the movie, that also makes no sense. As we will see from... The very first scenes of the movie, uh, it starts off really well. We see in the credits, again, uh, no G. Malik Linton. He's right. listed as writer and producer, but not as director. There are three producers, 19 executive producers, and three co-executive producers in the credits. None who you really recognize. Except Keanu Reeves, who is listed as a producer, and Linton. And everybody else is just hack city. I meant the production companies. They're like... Uh, Three Boxes Business or Garage (laughs) Listening Productions. It's nobody you've heard of has money in this movie. This movie makes no sense right off the bat. Right right off off the bat. bat, And not in the ways that it's not supposed to make sense. She's in the nightclub. She's there with her brother, right? Brother-in-law. Her Her brother-in-law. Yeah. Her brother-in-law says, we got to go. They leave the (laughs) nightclub. While they are standing outside the nightclub, Ana de Armas is scared. What is her name? Isabel. Isabel says, no, let's stay. Please stay. Please stay. We're seeing this from across the street. And as this whole encounter is happening in front of the nightclub, occasionally we'll get clicks. Yes. Someone's watching. Someone's watching. Someone's watching. Someone's taking pictures. Another person comes up. uh, They're all supposed to be Dominican. Yes. Another uh, man comes up, talks to this, the brother-in-law who had just gotten out of jail. That's his Jose, right? Manuel. Manuel. But also Rocky. Manuel slash Rocky. Yes. Again, this movie is not confusing. So they have a little encounter, these two guys out in front, while Isabel is trying to get Rocky to stay at the club. And they're talking about something that hasn't happened in the movie, yeah. but is apparently important to it's them a very about big a detective. Deal. Exactly. <laughs> then Rocky says, I'm going to walk you to the subway station, and then I'm going to come back to the club. <laughs> He's gone from, like, let's leave together. Her saying, no, let's stay. Then him saying, all right, you have to go. I'm going to walk you home. Then come back. Yeah. The it's, little inter- like nothing makes sense. All while they've re- they're being surreptitiously recorded, and this is all supposed to be like mysterious the whole time about like who is this mysterious person, and your your brain is working to be like what the why is <laughs> why is anyone motivated to do anything? So now we have this young beautiful woman walking by herself through the 191st Street subway station, right? Walking this long empty 
tunnel where there's a man just sitting there playing guitar in the middle. Which I gotta think if you have if you're the kind who sits there and plays guitar with your guitar case open for money, you're playing an empty subway station in the middle of the night. Pick a new venue, man. <laughs> I know, right? You are not gonna make and any the one change. where there's just a mile long concrete tunnel and you're gonna sit right in the middle. Yeah, right in the middle. And what a gentleman of Rocky to walk her to the station and then be like, "You're on your own from here, sis." Yeah. Head off down this very scary looking tunnel all by yourself and sure enough but we follow her a little all the way down the tunnel all the way baby there's like no cuts it just you think you don't get three minutes of walking yeah. you get three minutes oh of walking. yeah absolutely they, they couldn't cut out any of the minutes of walking from the 20 minutes <laughs> she gets to the station she puts on a ring and has a flashback she pulls out a rosary looks at her rosary and then a flashback to her and her husband lying in bed together. But there's a ring as well. Yeah, she, she's playing with her wedding ring too. And the ring falls off. Falls off. Then we get Frodo and Sam coming to grab it. Take it to <laughs> my- <laughs> so she's alone at the station. It's kind of creepy. There's a homeless man who kind of walks by. There's these eyes on a poster that seem to be kind of almost looking at her a little bit. An albino man walks into the station and... Al- and- Never a good sign no. in a thriller. The albino is never there to just give you good news, right? In a thriller or a horror film, the albino's always There's never news. like an albino best friend who just is the quirky best friend. No, he's friend like in the, the, movie. the gay albino neighbor. <laughs> so, There's never that. He's just always a creepy bad guy. And an albino man in a suit is double trouble. Oh my God. Yeah, because he's a rich albino. <laughs> So, and this guy is especially creepy because he just floats right onto the train track and then floats back onto the platform while kind of looking at her in a sort of knowing kind of way. You heard that right. He walks out to where the train walks the tracks and, just and is floating. Floats out there and walks then floats back. right back. Two minutes has felt like 40 in so, this opening. There is no shape. Right after this, we get Mira Servino crying as a crowd is gathered outside the 191st Street. It seems to be sort of the next morning. Kind of. there's cops outside. And yes, uh, Mira Servino runs up crying about someone who is dead inside and who who has been murdered. And Keanu Reeves is the cop who is there on the case. And yes, his face does look a little strange. It does. Now, I'm not sure if it was prosthetics, makeup, is just him getting older. Botox. Or if maybe Brotox, Brotox, or maybe there were reshoots, possibly, and he just looked different. He gained weight or something like that. I don't know. But yeah, his face looks really weird. <laughs> <laughs> Period. Okay, so the rest of this movie, it f- hops back between Keanu Reeves' story and Isabel's Isabel story. Isabel, and her family, and, and her family. sort of extended family. Yeah, Keanu is the cop who is going to be investigating this person who was murdered in the subway the night that Isabel was there. Isabel kind of just goes home and is not involved with it and yeah. is, has this whole other thing involving her family. These are our two top-billed actors, but they do not share a scene until the very end of the movie. Yeah. So now we have Isabel's family praying. They find out someone's in Iraq. It turns out that is her husband. He's over there in Iraq. Her brother-in-law, Manuel, has just been come back from prison. She's got three sisters and stays with them and the mom. Yeah, and we also meet uh, Chris McDonald, who is the captain, just a regular guy, Nothing sleazy about him. No, it's Chris Regular. McDonald. He wants you to pursue the case. Pursue it to its yeah. bitter end. Absolutely. Um, and we find out that the person who was killed was Keanu Reeves's partner, who is Joey. But we find out in dialogue like this: "I'm putting you with Mar- Ramirez on this. I don't want you on this case, but you can take the case." <laughs> In case that didn't make sense already. <laughs> oh my god! The, uh, we get even better flashbacks. dialogue. 
Keanu Reeves goes to see his dead partner snitch. You were Joe's snitch who killed Joey. <laughs> like snitches tell the person something. They don't know everything about that person. And they don't need to be reminded that they were the snitch. Yeah. Knocks him out, cold cocks him with his gun in front of his wife and daughter, yeah. too. Keanu Reeves is not a good person in this movie. No, he beats the informant right in front of his family. There's corrupt cops everywhere, and there's kind of questions surrounding Joey as well. And we also find out Joey was following Jose. Sure. Because, again, this movie is not confusing enough. Who's Jose? Jose, wasn't Jose the the, the guy who accosted him at the club, or was he one of um, uh, Rocky's friends? I think... Yeah, no. I Is he the, the guy... one who was hiding Rocky? Oh, fuck this. Fuck. <laughs> the guy who came to talk to Rocky, a.k.a. Manuel, was named Diego. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we find out that Joey was killed with a knife in the back. Yeah, in um, more just fucking leaden dialogue. Oh, right. Oh, God. This movie is just... I just wrote terrible dialogue. I also wrote and circled WTF like 12 times right. on my sheet because I'm just like... A scene starts and ends, and then you're just like, what the fuck? Why was that even in the movie? If you were going to cut everything from that scene, just cut the whole scene. Uh, but this is where we meet Big Daddy Kane as, yeah. as Black. Yes. His name is Jonathan James, yeah. a.k.a. Black. A.k.a. Black. He's a large crime figure uh, in the neighborhood, and yep. he's uh, he's suspected, at least, in, in the murder. And then in the next scene, we go to Isabel at work, where apparently she's like a Sunday school teacher. Yeah, she's teaching and a she's... class of Sunday schoolers who all look at the camera a lot. <laughs> and she's talking to them about the devil, because uh, themes. Yep. And then there's a little girl there who loses her horse and is kind of freaking out about losing her horse. Elisa. Lisa has lost her horse, and, and uh, Isabel tries to help her find it, but they can't find the horse. This is the 10 minutes of the movie where this stuffed horse, stuffed doll horse becomes important for some reason. Yeah. Well, I think we'll... Mm, I can't talk about why it's important because of a big twist that comes. Yeah, right. Uh, but anyway, they... Uh, Keanu Reeves... Scotty. 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 Detective Scotty. Detective Scotty. Uh, also is looking at looking for the horse as well. Why yeah. is he looking for the horse? No I reason. I can't remember. No reason. I don't. It the, doesn't matter. The little girl brings up a horse. Then we have Isabel looking at a horse in a store window, and then Keanu Reeves makes a point that he has to find like this. I horse. gotta find this horse. No. Well, he sees he sees a little girl carrying the horse, and he's like, "Where'd you get this horse?" Yes. And so he goes to buy the horse. Yeah, he talks to a man with a voice box. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Isabel, Isabel goes and uh, buys the horse, and as she is walking out, she has an encounter. She, in what I would describe as an albino alien, uh, walks by. Yes, although not exactly albino in the sense of like ivory white, right? And a strange alien face and a an odd shaped head. It looks kind of like Gary Oldman as Dracula, right? Yeah, but in Pan's labyrinthian. Absolutely. So then Jackie April from The Sopranos shows up, and apparently he's a cop. He's at Joey's funeral and assures the widow. She goes, uh, Joey loved you. He goes, yeah, Joey loved you too. He tells the widow that his husband loved her. He also has this line of dialogue, this very, very natural line of dialogue to Keanu Reeves. First you lose your wife. <laughs> <laughs> he says to Keanu Reeves at the funeral for Joey, first you lose your wife, now you lose your partner. <laughs> and then walks off. Because it honestly was not clear at that point. No. 
So when this movie got cut and and the director changed his name, there were actually several articles that came out accusing the movie of whitewashing because they brought up Keanu Reeves' character so much. And I read those articles, and there's some validity to them because I I definitely think they they bumped up the Keanu character, who was probably supposed to be a bit more of a secondary character. Yeah. But also, the the person who was making most of the the claims was listed in the articles as, quote, original producer. Uh And his name is nowhere in the credits, so I don't know how credible he is. Okay. They were also saying things like, this movie used to be a 60% Spanish language movie. And now it's like 55% Spanish language because all of the scenes involving Isabel... Are, are, yeah. are almost all, all entirely in Spanish. Yeah. So I don't know how uh, cut down it, it actually was. But there were claims that a lot of the actors of color, uh, Anna de Armas and, and Big Daddy Kane, that their scenes were cut. But I'm thinking of Michael Raspoli, who comes into this movie, <laughs> says three lines of expository dialogue, is like, we're going to get these guys, we're going to get these guys, and is literally never seen, heard, or spoken of again. No, he. I'm sorry, he is heard, but it's in a scene where, for some reason, Keanu Reeves is at a bar with his partner Ramirez, and all you hear is him doing kind of like shtick. He's doing like holding court kind of shtick. Is he in like the background? Of yeah, that scene? my nephew, he's a cop. Hey, I give him a D level, but he did one good thing. More, I didn't even notice that. He gave an ex of mine a, a ticket. What was that ticket for? I memorized this dialogue because it's just, what the fuck is happening? $250 <laughs> for trailing a bus. Hey, great job. That's all you hear. That's the rest of Jackie Aprile. That whole scene, that whole scene, that whole shot is just a, a slow zoom on Keanu Reeves it's all on drinking. <laughs> <laughs> because again, themes. Oh Christ! So we're back at the uh, Sunday school. Apparently, Isabel has bought the horse for Elisa. Like I said, this movie just hops back and forth. It she- hops back and forth so much. It makes okay. I'm gonna try to hit as much as we can. We could tell you every nonsense. scene, but the scenes don't need to be there. They don't make any sense. Yeah, Big Daddy Kane uh, gets arrested. There's also a pit bull. Yeah, Isabel's family has a pit bull that they love very, very much, and they they dote on the pit bull a lot. Why does this matter? Does not it matter. It doesn't, but it will not pay off later. <laughs> Someone named Kendu Wallace and his wife. Oh, Kendu Wallace is is the snitch. <laughs> the snitch. Yeah. So they find the snitch and his wife dead. They've been shot. And it's the funny. Okay, so all right. It's I like, liked. There, there's a, the look of this movie. I I don't know the technical term, the film term for it, but. Whoever composed the shots hmm. was competent. Whoever the look of the movie looks okay. It doesn't cut together well. It doesn't make make anything. I think Anna De Armas is a is a very competent actress, and I think the shots were composed well. But everything else is like amateur hour. Like yeah. the two the couple is sitting there with bullet holes right to their head. There's blood on the fucking ceiling behind them. They're sitting <laughs> on the couch dead. There's blood like they just put blood on the wall and someone just went Banksy on it. They just went all the way up the wall to the ceiling. It's nutballs. <laughs> Oh, so Isabel's family has a Skype call uh, with her husband. Why yeah. is this important? It right. isn't. Uh, Keanu has a kid that he ignores. Apparently, he's in Florida. Right. Important? Nope. Not at all. Big Daddy Kane is now walking in the rain uh, with the kid from the open, the kid who accosted him at the very open, who was maybe Jose? Diego? Or Diego. <laughs> and then what's funny is that Big Daddy Kane's asking him. Someone a, in this fucking movie is Jose. I don't somebody is Jose. You, I don't care what you say, you son of a bitch. But Big Daddy Kane, the clothes he's wearing, the umbrella he's holding, where he's standing. This scene is also the scene that was shown in the pictures of his crew at the beginning of the movie. So somehow Christopher McDonald had pictures of the future scene to show <laughs> Detective Scotty black. This movie is crap. Not very well made. 
the captain wants him off the case. Get off the case. <laughs> Joey's Joey is probably corrupt, and they they're like to protect the widow, protect the pension. Isabel again sees the albino alien on the streets, and she is just kind of generally starting to freak out, right? She's starting to see things. She also sees the eyes from the station again. Right. She's yeah. having some kind of weird visions and kind of going back and forth between this uh, fugue state. Somebody uh, named Hector proposed to somebody named Marisol for a couple scenes that we're supposed to care about. Yep. The scene where Ramirez and Scotty go to tell Janine, who's Mira Sorvino, that her husband was corrupt. Well, they're going, they tell her that they're going to drop the case. They're not going to try to find the killers because they don't know, their husband might have been corrupt and they want to protect her. And she is indignant. She's outraged. This right? is acting with a capital A. Oh, boy. She's going, she's going big. Going big. She flashes on Ramirez, kicks her out of her house. I want you out of my house. I want you out of my fucking house. <laughs> and then she turns to Keanu Reeves and says, <laughs> nobody likes you. You had one fucking friend in the world. And this is how you treat him? Who watched your kid? Who watched your kid, Scotty? So, She's yelling at a man who lost his wife, right? <laughs> Jesus Christ. So Scotty is properly cowed, and he decides he's going to keep pursuing Isabel and trying to find the case. We then get a scene where the pit bull. Oh, Christ. Who, we've just seen the pit bull. He's, he's there. They're loving the pit bull. They're suddenly hugging the pit bull. They're washing the pit bull. We've seen all these scenes of the pit bull. They're taking the pit bull for a walk. The leash just breaks, and the pit bull runs into traffic and dies. Gets hit by an NYPD van. Boom. At the same moment, back home, the army, the military guys have come to inform them that, of course, the the son in law, their son who is in Iraq is dead. Is KIA Isabel's fiance? Holy shit! Yeah. Like who could? Ever, I mean, th- this is again why I'm like, there's no way I would watch like a, the original cut of this right. fucking garbage because, like, what the fuck were you doing? Yeah, and I don't care if it's 55 percent to 60 percent in Spanish. It, it wouldn't make this a good movie it just wasn't. to do that. It was not in not, not a very good portrait of a, a Hispanic family. No, we have the soldiers. Funeral and the picture of him next to the casket is so not him. This guy's like sixty pounds heavier, and it's just got this face photoshopped in. <laughs> oh, but this is also where we got the single shot of Keanu Reeves drinking, which signifies that he's an alcoholic. Anyone right. who drinks in a movie is an alcoholic. Sure. And Michael Rispoli is apparently holding court in the background, and I didn't even notice. It's so funny. <laughs> um, and so there's another funeral. Another funeral. Yeah, he's, this is Ronaldo who is dead, right? He's the the dead fiance, or is Ronaldo somebody else? No, Ronaldo. That's not the fiance's name. Is Ronaldo? What? No, but no, Ronaldo was, is dead. Haral, uh, Jose was the brother. That's that's who Jose is. He's the one who died. Yeah, but Ronaldo has also been killed. Who the fuck is Ronaldo? No, Ronaldo was what he was. He was the guy. Who Ronaldo is the guy who ca- who accosted them in front of the club in the opening scene. So it's and, not Diego. Ronaldo okay. slash Diego. <laughs> Everyone in this movie has two names. It's true. Have I mentioned this movie is slightly confusing? <laughs> no, Ronaldo is the one that Big Daddy Kane, a.k.a. Black, was yeah. talking to. Okay. And now he is wound up dead. So okay. everybody who is kind of connected to Black is showing up dead. Gotcha. Do you? Because <laughs> I don't. I wish we could. I wish we could recreate this dialogue of the next scene. <laughs> With a partner? Yes. Tell me about your kids. That's just out of nowhere. <laughs> like, that's what he says. Tell me about your kids. They're loud. <laughs> They're obnoxious and annoying. I beat them. 
No, she really says that shit. And they laugh about how funny that is. <laughs> the little girl, Elisa, Elisa, has her horse. She loves her horse, and she named it. What did she name it? Isabel. Uh-huh. Interesting. And Isabel kind of breaks down when she hears that. Uh, we see Elisa doesn't want to go home and that there's some hinted at problems at home. Yeah, possibly some abuse. There's a man in a cowboy hat. So Isabel takes Elisa home, the man in the cowboy hat, uh, who is this, he's smiling, but he he feels like a malevolent figure yeah. to her. And she kind of freaks out whenever he's around. She leaves and instantly, boom, vomit. She goes and vomits. Into the toilet. And as we know, a when a vo- woman vomits in a movie, she's got norovirus. Norovirus again. Probably some bad shellfish. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, you know, it's the water that really carries the germs. So sure. it's like, really just be careful about that stuff. You Ask get it for in your filtered eyes. water. Yeah. Anytime you see a woman in this movie where she vomits and has norovirus, the very next scene is her at the doctor getting the news. Coincidentally. <laughs> yeah. So it goes from her nor- vomiting, her vom- a shot of her vomiting to a shot of her in, in a medical gown. And it's like, boom, preggers. Yeah. Your norovirus has metastasized into, into a pregnancy. A fetus. <laughs> So, but as we know, her husband's been in Iraq. We have an amazing scene next of Scotty on his birthday visiting Janine, Mira Sorvino, his, his ex-partner's wife. And she wife. gives him a birthday cupcake and then pulls the, the frosting with her finger, puts it in her mouth, puts it in his mouth. She sucks the She's, cream off the candle. Sucks the cream. She's in kind of a negligee. She's obviously trying to seduce Scotty. Her husband's been dead three days. Ah, Three days in this movie. Ah, come on. I'm lonely, Scotty. No one needs to be lonely. <laughs> lonely, Jesus. Um, yeah, I hope he didn't go on a lot of business trips while he was alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Her husband's undercover for three days. She's fucking everybody. So this is where now we have... Uh, so they fuck. It's, this is where now Isabel tells her husband's... Her dead husband, who just has died, she says, I have some good news. And they're like, oh, we could use some good news. <laughs> The dog is dead. Our, our son's, son, dead, our son's your dead. Fiance, yeah. Naldo's dead. They're like naming every Diego's dead. <laughs> Kendu <laughs> Wallace and his wife got shot in the head. Mace Windu. <laughs> Everyone's dead. Niedermeyer. Give us dead. some good news. <laughs> we need good news. And she's like, I'm pregnant. And of course, they're like, get, I got a get guy. It goes over just as well as you would expect so it to. Because her husband has been in Iraq for over a year. It's impossible, but she's like, it was a miracle. She's convinced that it was a miracle birth, and they're like convinced that she got to get the fuck out. Like, nowhere in this woman, like, I know this. there's a, a real heavy Catholicism thing going through this movie. It's a very religious movie. It originally was titled Daughter of God. Right. But it never occurs to her that, no, this is a bad idea. <laughs> she's not even, like, self-conscious about it. Like, she has, this might not go over well. Right, and she tells the family in front of the other child. <laughs> I know, right? So they're all absolutely pissed. They want her out of the house. Right. Kick her out. Post-coitus, uh, Janine and Scotty are talking, and Janine now brings up, you know, Joey wasn't no choir boy. Oh, fuck. Uh, and now she is kind of subtly hinting, drop the case. Yeah. Drop the case that in the previous scene we had, I was begging you not to drop the case and actually threw you out of my house. And told you you have no fucking friends. I'm now going to seduce you. To get you to go back on the case. No, to get off the to case. To get off the case. Fuck. I got on you so you would get off. <laughs> and she she says that he admitted that he sodomized. There's also this other thing that's been going on. 
Which, yeah, it, it was sort of mentioned about Rocky that he was sodomized by a very corrupt cop. And as it turns out, it's Joey. Joey. And she says that he really did it. Yeah. But this guy was a drug dealer, so he deserved to be sodomized by... What the fuck did he get sodomized with? It was not a Night penis. Nightstick. I think it was an yeah. Amadou Diallo situation. So Scotty looks at his birthday card that he got from his kid, which screams again. It's like the, the blood splatter on the walls. It screams... <laughs> Make this look like a kid did it. So we have a picture of a child and a picture of a cop and all the like the backwards <laughs> S's. Happy birthday, Dad, Scotty. It's just terrible shit. His son's 23. Then Keanu Reeves opens the book, looks at it. Is this when he calls his kid? Because that scene is fucking amazing. Oh, no. I, I think that comes up. Uh, next, we get uh, Black visiting the butcher shop. Yes. Where Rocky is trying to turn his life around. Because Rocky is the one who got sodomized by Joey, yep. the cop, and went to prison. And he is just out of prison. So he's trying to get his life together. He's working at a butcher shop, resisting the criminal lifestyle. But in comes Black saying, hey, what's going on? You're connected to... Ronaldo, he's basically moving through the list of people who have talked to people. Yeah. There's pictures of Ronaldo and Rocky from the opening scene of the movie talking to each other. And so he goes to see him and orders some pork butt and says the immortal line, I like my butt to be firm. <laughs> Which is the one time I laughed at the whole movie. <laughs> it's the reading. Come on, Big it Daddy is, Kane. Yeah. You nailed it. Big Daddy Kane brings up to Rocky that he was sodomized and tells him he needs to go confess it because they think Black did it. Now, yeah. Black knows he didn't do it. Yeah. But because the cops think he did it, he's making this other guy say, you have to go confess because of that reason. Right. The albino again appears, uh, this time in a red dress, and talks to Isabel and says that you know he needs... The albino alien needs to find Manuel. Right. And she freaks out and, and runs away. We now go back to Scotty, who is convinced, and this is the first time it's even come up, and he says uh, she saw something, she was there, talking about Isabel. Yeah. And uh, we've, we haven't done this, and he, he seemingly has not investigated her at any, any point. All of a sudden, seen. he knows who Isabel is. He has her picture, and he's point, he knows her name. He's got the picture from the surveillance photos that Joey was taking in the first scene. Yeah, somewhere in his investigation, he feels like she knows something. She knows what was going on that night. If at this point you're listening and you're going, wait, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, no. welcome to the fucking club. It doesn't make sense. And it still won't make much sense when the big reveal happens. They arrest Black. They just kind of harass him, put him in jail. And we know that because he's in jail. And he says, so this is their plan. They're just going to harass me. End of End scene. Of scene. <laughs> and he hangs up the phone. <laughs> But they, they arrest him because knowing that Black has been moving through everyone and just slaughtering everyone connected to this, that if he brings Isabel in, she's dead. Yeah. So he arrests Big Daddy Kane and uh, then apparently is, plans to accost her, accost Isabel. This is where she also sees the homeless guy from the station again and the little girl who now has, uh, Lisa, who has marks on her neck. So she finds Elisa has marks on her neck and decides to take her home with her, hides her in her parents' house, which she, she does the old... Uh, uh, I'm mom, I'm tired. Oh, let me run a bath for you. Does that dipsy doodle while the mom goes to run the bath? She sneaks the kid in. It's fucking shining through all over again. <laughs> it's shining through. It's the Fifty Shades of Grey. Uh, uh, Spencer, I'm in the red room. Come see me. Okay, Mrs. H. <laughs> oh, we also find out that Isabel wanted her friends to call her Elisa when she was a child. Isn't that right. interesting? Interesting. Hmm. This thing is all over the fucking oh, yeah. place. So the little girl, she doesn't want to go home. She's afraid of what's happening there. Christopher McDonald comes in, again tells Keanu to drop it, 
and says that there's a woman ready to testify that Joey is a rapist. I just it just dawned on me. Christopher McDonald's sole purpose in this movie is to put him on a case, take him off a case, then finally take him off the no, case. No matter what, every character, like no matter what, then in the next scene, they're going to ask him to do the exact opposite thing. The scene where he finally, though, takes him off the case is amazing because this is how incompetent this movie is, right? He slides over a manila envelope to Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves opens it. Looks in there, there's a mugshot of a woman, and he says, your buddy raped her. At that moment, I had no idea who he was talking about yeah. when he said your buddy. I didn't know if he meant black. I didn't know if he meant Manuel. Yeah. I don't know if he meant his ex-partner. Uh-huh. But also, if you really think about it, that's the way he conveyed that information to He slides in an envelope. Show him a picture. Look envelope. It's a person. It's like a negotiation. Now, look in there. There's a number in there. <laughs> You get back to me with a number you think is for... It's like a negotiation tactic. <laughs> Again, like Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, right. <laughs> that movie is a, an absolute talisman. So now, since they have decided to officially close the case, Black is being let out of jail and says that he has one more loose end to take care of. He tells his lawyer. He tells this to his lawyer. Upcoming is, I think, the most insane part of... A really insanely awful movie. In a movie where an albino businessman is floated. And in a movie where nothing makes sense, this makes the least sense. Okay. I wonder if it's the same thing I thought of. So Big Daddy Kane is is going after Rocky. He goes to an apartment. One of Rocky's associates is coming up the stairs. There's Black. And he says, let's go up to your apartment. And the associate is like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. And it's obvious that, okay, he's the one who was hiding Manuel, who went on the run after Black came up to him at the butcher shop and made some threatening remarks. Right. So the two turn around to walk up the stairs. Now, this is Black and the guy who is hiding Manuel. Yeah. They turn around to go up the stairs. We get a hard zoom into the window behind them. (laughs) The screen goes white. We hear a gunshot. Yeah. This is now followed by Manuel, who is outside and who is just staggering through a park, he, holding his stomach. He comes up from a subway station into a park in the projects, holding his stomach. He just will and sits down at a bench. At which point, Big Daddy Cade comes up, and in this amazing shot, which is behind, it's shot from behind Rocky, who is sitting on the bench, and Big Daddy Cade kind of leans into the frame, holding his gun up, just to know <laughs> that you like has a gun, so the viewer gets that he's got a gun, not pointing it, just holding it up to be like, I have a gun. And says, oh, you're a tougher guy than I thought. And Manuel pulls out a cigarette because he's dying from a point-blank shot to his hip. To his gut. Yeah. Bad call there, Black. Yeah. Uh, And Black says, here, I'll light your cigarette for you. (laughs) At which point, Manuel pulls out a shiv. Lightning fast. Choop, 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 choop. Told you you better kill me right if you were going to do it. And leaves... Apparently now fine from the gunshot and is never heard from again in this film. That is the whole resolution. Oh, yes, it is. That's it. <laughs> we never see anything. Yeah, they never deal with They never again. talk about black being shivs to death in the middle of a park. This movie exists in a world where a man point blank gut shot in the stomach can stagger. Into for a, miles? Into a subway? Light take, a cigarette. Take the subway for, a, I don't know. Jump up and then knife someone who dies instantly from, yes. knife, from a knife. Well, to the gut. I mean, you can't survive that, right? You're shot in the gut. 
You can go play hockey afterwards. <laughs> knife him in the gut. Big Daddy Kane is dead on the ground. R.I.P. Big Daddy Kane. Oh my God! It was. Uh, this movie's fucking completely terrible. insane. So, and 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 also, this is why rappers on you know ninety nine percent of them should not be in movies. This was seen was between two act two rappers, and it was acted that way. Yeah. Oh, it was tough to get through. It was not good. Uh, Elisa, now we're back at Isabel's apartment. Elisa walks into the room crying about the man, the man. I should also mention that. Yeah. So Isabel has moved back in with her parents because she got kicked out. She got kicked out of the in-laws' house because of the pregnancy. Her mom enthusiastically welcomes her back, but we see her father. It is her father, right? Not I her think stepfather. I think it's, it is her uh, father. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, it could be anyone. And there's something going on there. Yeah. She's, she's a little, they're very uncomfortable next to each other. Right. So now the film just flashes back to the night at the subway station and the night that Joey was murdered, and it's going to fill in the details. I don't know why she was suddenly inspired to like remember everything. There doesn't seem to be any inciting incident. Elisa just runs into the room and says, the man, the man, the man. Yeah. And she has this flashback. And we see that Joey, the cop, had actually grabbed Isabel after she dropped her ring. Yeah. And raped her. No, no, no. The, I'm, I'm sorry. Because it's different. This is why her heel broke and she drops her ring. In At the beginning of the movie, she's just sitting there. Her heel breaks and then she, her ring drops as she's playing with it. Right. Now we see it was during the attack, the struggle, that that stuff happens. Yeah, and it was Joey who was the one who had been taking all the pictures and he was following them. And he rapes her extremely violently in a scene that goes on for several this minutes. Is, it, this is a brutal, brutal it's scene. It's brutal. And you know that like they wanted it to be brutal and sure. they wanted it to be realistic and they wanted to make a point. But honestly, this movie is just so vapid yeah. and so stupid. It does not earn a second of that. In a better, it, It's appalling. Yeah, in a better movie, in a, a more uh, cogent and competent movie this would have paid off maybe it would have paid off but as the pregnancy is, and all that stuff sadistic yeah it's it absolutely was, it was sadistic it's horrifying as he gets up she he kind of turns around she stabs him in the back because she was given a knife by manuel yeah we see flashback. manuel giving her a knife she stabs him in the back he falls onto the tracks and as this is happening, her father comes back in the room, and she holds out a knife, and he basically just kind of... But hold on. In the flashback, the albino businessman comes back in the flashback and then nods at her knowingly, like, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then again, this is a movie where a stabbing just instantly takes someone out, because now he's on the... He can't move from <laughs> off the train tracks. <laughs> All these gunshots do nothing, but... And I like that Mira Sorvino brought up that he was stabbed in the back when apparently it's... We find out in the flashback that he was run over by a fucking train. Yeah, that uh, was probably the one that really yeah, did it. That... He might have survived the stabbing in the back, but uh, getting hit by a subway train. You get run over by a train, and somebody's like, oh, he stabbed him. He, st he, he has stabbed... a laceration on his leg. That's like saying Heisman <laughs> Award winner O.J. Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> bearing the lead yeah, a little lead bit, a little bit. Now we see that the man that was in the room that is not Isabel, Marisol came out, not Marisol, uh, Elisa came out and said the man, the man, it was the father. Yeah. She stabs him to death and we kind of realize the father raped her as a child or molested her as a child. Because, because we see a picture of the family. And it's the man in the cowboy hat with Elisa and it turns out Elisa was Isabel the entire time. There is no Elisa. And we also find out in this scene because Keanu Reeves as Scotty comes to investigate and Scotty was the albino alien the entire time. And every time she saw the albino alien, 
She saw. Did you not know that? I did not pick that up. You didn't pick that no, up. No, you saw the look on my face when you said that. Yes, I did not know. You that. didn't get that. Uh uh-uh. uh Because in this scene, we see that the albino alien appears and is suddenly wearing black. Before we had seen the albino alien wearing other colors, red and things like that. He's wearing black, and the camera kind of swoops around, and in comes Keanu Reeves wearing a black leather jacket. What? And every time that the albino alien, so when she asked, when she was accosted in the restaurant, and the alien wanted to know where Manuel was. That was him. When she the the horse. Why did they both go to get a horse? But they never met each other. They did. He was the albino alien. Oh my god. Yes. Oh so she god. was in a dissociative fugue state and was envisioning herself as the little girl, her father as the man in the cowboy hat, Keanu Reeves as the albino alien, and oh. the albino businessman. Not sure. <laughs> uh, Diego? <laughs> the ring was a ring. <laughs> Jackie April disappeared. Yeah, Diego, that's who the Balbino was. <laughs> ah, we finally found Diego. Now, who's Jose? So then we have flashbacks that now remove Elisa, the little girl, from all the flashbacks that involved Elisa and Isabel. And I was wondering, was she love, time, or death in this? <laughs> I know, right? The, and the thing that makes no sense is that there was the first time that we see Elisa is while Isabel is teaching a Sunday school. Yeah. Now either all those kids are are ghost apparitions or they just watched all of those kids watched her talk to no one and none of them were like, "Mommy, teacher, talk to air today." Wow. Yeah, yeah I didn't even think about that. Oh, fuck I this mean, movie, it's man. one of those things where like. It, it, the, the twist is supposed to fill in all of the holes. It fills in a couple of holes yeah. and leaves a lot of them just gaping wide open. And I was wondering, <laughs> this movie makes no fucking sense, so it doesn't really matter. But like, so Elisa murdered two people. I mean, like one was her rapist and then the other one was her abusive father. But at the same time, murder is is still a thing that's right she would be arrested yeah nothing happens to her um i'm wondering if it's supposed to be the bars as being prison but then like i i would be giving them a lot of credit right i don't want to do that they don't deserve it so that is the film exposed Uh, quirky it is a key question for you what was exposed that's true, right? Uh, the hypocrisy. Nice. <laughs> nice. Everybody who supports some institution in here is the most corrupt person. God, this movie was terrible. Yeah, you put a nice bow on it there. So let's wrap up our review and give our ratings to the movie. Uh, just to remind everybody about our ratings, your average watchable bad movie is a dare. Your atrocious next level bad movie is a double dare. Your secretly good movie we give the reverse dare. Corky, I can't think of another movie that deserves double dare as much as Exposed. It is a catastrophe on every level. Yes, this movie fails everywhere. Yeah, and as much as I would love to just blame, you know, I love blaming heartless studio executives as much as anybody, and I would love to just say, there's a goddamn classic in here, and the studio killed it because they hate the artist. There isn't. No. They probably took a really bad movie and just made it slightly worse by just making it, carving it up into tiny little pieces. Here's the thing. Maybe they made it better. Maybe it actually is better with all that shit. It went hard to, uh, yeah. It's a double dare of of vociferous. Do not watch this movie. No, don't watch it. Don't watch it. It's not gonna. It's not gonna make any more sense than our review. I swear to God, we did the best that we could. And here, I'll give one thing. Anna Delmas, she she's an actress. She's good. I I liked her. She she carried off scenes very well. I believed her every time, and she had some hard lifting to do in this movie. Oh, absolutely. No, I thought she did a fine job. Yeah, uh, but the writing. Oh, uh, was. 
just atrocious. Everything's working against her and this movie and you if you choose to spend your time with it. Exactly. It's free on Hulu, but fuck. Oh, I guess it's not free because you got to pay for Hulu. But watch, if you have a Hulu subscription, it's on there. Don't watch it. Watch a Deadliest Catch or something. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that's all we have for you on this episode of Dare Daniel. Thank God. Thank God. Daughters of God. Thank everybody. But we'll be back next week to review another one of your movie dares. In the meantime, check out our Thursday mini episode for a preview of the next Dare Daniel review, as well as talk about more dares and movies in general. Until then, send your most sadistic or altruistic movie dares to us at daredaniel.com and be sure to follow Dare Daniel Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Like and rate us on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can read more of my movie reviews in the Sacramento News and Review and at newsreview.com. You can read my craft beer column in the Sacramento Bee and at sacbee.com. Corky, where can people be exposed to more of your work? Well, I'll be performing at the 191st Street subway station with an albino businessman (laughs) doing our little floating uh, smiling act. That sounds fun. Yeah. Uh, For Dare Daniel, I'm Daniel Barnes. Our producer is Johnny, daughter of God Flores. (laughs) And I'm Corky McDonald saying you had one fucking friend in the world. Nobody likes you.